I'm Christian Batter, and you're listening to Gut Talks. That's double G U double T. So let's uh, go back to a few things you mentioned. Uh, I, I just picked up on a few words here. You spoke about the process, the approach, right? What you do, and you mentioned this scientific process. Can you just expand a bit on this to the listeners who might not be very familiar to? What you mean, just to make sure that, okay, we're kind of aligned. Well, I think nowadays you can go on the web and you find like a lot of information about customer journey and you maybe mm-hmm. find some information about interviews and things like that. But what really counts is like um, not the tool, but how you apply it. So um, having deep knowledge in psychology it helps you to um, to ask the right questions, to look at the right things, to understand a journey is a journey, but like how do you make the touch points, how do you set them, how do you divide the constant flow of time into, into different parts? And, you know, then, you know, companies do that and they use their touch points. Well, great. That's internal view. But uh, so I like to think in, it's unfortunately not a good English term, Handlung is the German word. It's basically an action with a goal. It's a psychological concept. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that spans over a certain time and you approach it with a goal. I don't know, like calling a friend is a Handlung. So, you, you know, you, you have that goal and then you pick up the phone and you do the conversation. So this is for example, a different way of using that approach. So I think it comes, I, I basically, in, in, in my work, I draw pretty much every day from, from psychology, from, from deep understanding of people and their motivations. How do they take up information? How they, what motivates them? What sticks out? And, you know, in the end, we're all like, we're like in a constant survival mode, uh, which means we experience the world through through our senses. And while while one thing happens, a million other things happen around us. Mm-hmm. So it's important to understand what sticks out and, and how much conscious brain power can you grant a certain thing. So perception, motivation, uh, cognitive biases are all things to consider. And that is um, that helps me, especially in the understanding phase, um, like really knowing what research is and then we had the extreme drill because i don't know how it's in other countries but in germany psychology was always kind of regarded as kind of near you know philosophy so it's like oh you can look at the world like that and to balance that out my my professors were extremely on the on like the natural science path like you know, what is an experiment? How does it work? Uh, test construction was a big topic. You know, how do you do a, you know, a, say a quantitative test that that is really measuring exactly what it needs to be? And these are all the things that that help so much in 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 the work. So that is what I mean with the scientific background. And on this word, we spent on this previous podcast. The reason I'm saying because there's a bit of not an overlap, but kind of a discussion where. We were talking about the language around like research, user research, market mm-hmm. research, research, whatever. And then we ended up saying, okay, it's research. So it really depends, but it's it, it, it's interesting because you kind of mean the same thing, right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And it's all only users. I mean, when you deal with a business, you of course need to understand inside the business, yeah. how people think and what's their worldview. How do they look, for example, on, on customers? That's a big you know, it's a that's a philosophical part, but it makes a big difference. I just 
This morning I talked to a, a guy from a big car company and, you know, you can have the approach in, in retail as a brand space and people are guests and it's about experience or often employees think of themselves as salespersons and that, that does something in the relation between them and their users because they look at them differently. So, so if it's, the employees look at themselves as salespeople. If their self-understanding of is as salespeople, they will treat people differently. And so you have to understand that that insight as well in many things. So the research does not only um, apply to the users, but it's like I always kind of draw that three little circles, the Venn diagram of like understanding users, what is what is relevant or interesting to them, what is authentic for the provider, the business, the organization, whether it's be a, a business or maybe a you know a city. And you have to look at at competitors or alternatives that people deal with you know so it's you're not the only one if you have a public space maybe the alternative is your your nintendo switch you know instead of going to the public space you always have it's to like un- netflix right it's uh... or netflix whatever yes or stay at home or, or leave the city or whatnot or don't do anything but so it's important to always understand to research these three circles I don't know if maybe we touch on this now, actually, since we're talking, maybe we give more of a concrete kind of thing. So you work on different um, phases of the project, right? So you research, but also delivery, right? You like get things done. Uh, More or less. So I think that's where it becomes difficult to explain. Um, That's where the the childhood dream of the director comes in again. So what we are not doing is like designing to um to the blueprint or to the um to the click dummy or whatnot so it's more like with understanding and with the right strategy giving like a range of ideas what ideally should be done and then this acts then as a briefing or you can take them and 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 implement them one-to-one or you know just discard that Usually net or hopefully not, but so we we going into that like ideas on concept level. So you have okay. uh, so this is a solution. Uh, it should it could roughly work like that, and that's okay. maybe a description on a page or so and a sketch. But that's it. It doesn't go deeper because it's usually it's about the multitude of things that you do, and it's not just the one idea, but it's a whole range of ideas, and altogether they can be like a you know, giving you the idea of what needs to be done ideally. And why, right? That's the... And the yes. So it's it's basically in the end, it, it, it's a big, yeah, showing a path, showing a direction. Yeah. So um, so now we know um, this is the, the ideal um, solution strategic, strategically in, in direction. And these are like step stones that you can take. And sometimes it happens that actually we help then really implement them, but because it's in the end, it's it's uh, it's multi-modal, modal, as you say. So usually disciplines are an are an afterthought. So uh, you know we speak of user experience, and yet UX design is, is screen design uh, nowadays. Uh, but it's about emotions, thoughts, uh, what you see, hear, sense, and creating the desired 
experience or solution, um, you need to use whatever's out there, the physical space, the visual design, meanings that are hinted in, you know, in the process, uh, services and features. So the disciplines then, they come second. And whatever fits to deliver, that's the, the thing to go. We have too many divisions nowadays, you know, so that's the brand part and that's the communication part and the product management and the service. So that's why we cannot credibly, you know, deliver all these things. So I usually work with like a virtual network uh, and that is experts of all different kinds because sometimes yeah. you need, I don't know, the light designer, the service designer, the person who is expert in statistics in whatnot. So um, you can, if you want to really approach challenges holistically, you cannot have a design discipline because once you have designers on your payroll you have to you know find solutions that feeds the designers you know okay, otherwise so you it doesn't work this. okay interesting how you thought about it is like so you kind of detach yourself from the actual deliverables not growing let's say or having a team of like specific because obviously we understand we we understand that you're not a um, corporation right so where they can afford to put like 20 people on one project uh, or even even on a competition, right? And then the solution can be, the sky is the limit, depending on how much the customer is going to pay. But in this case, because you don't want to limit yourself to what you can deliver, you detach yourself from this kind of deliverable space and you stay high level, but until a certain extent, but then you dive deeper working with what you believe yes. is best, right? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I'm also all about, you know, collaboration, cooperation, so on. And yeah, I also collaborate and, and it, it, it it makes sense because you also want to have your um, reputation in the space, not of like not being I do, I do everything, right? It's, it's yes. tough. It is tough to deliver everything. And if you if you are, yeah, again, I mean, it's it, it kind of this design thinking question. How might we, you know, if you ask that, it's really open. So um, that doesn't imply that we use we do use design thinking, but it's more like the process or the ideas from that. But anyhow, so it's like you start with a very uh, broad question, and your goal is always to make an impact on people on the user. And the user just doesn't care if this is delivered through a new service uh, yeah. or an ambience or how, I don't know, people treat the user. So whatever is the best solution uh, is yeah. the one. Yeah, they don't, you know, they don't think in disciplines, the user. Mm -hmm. They don't. And um, and when you don't have that, that burden of, the economic burden of feeding a certain, you know, it's like you position yourself as an agency and uh, and you have lots of, I don't know, service designers or visual designers. You have to come up with solutions like that because you have to, you know, sell your team and sell your staff. And and if you if you want to really solve the problem uh, and approach it from a, from how it has the best impact on people on the user, then it's a different, uh, it's a different approach. Then you have to ignore those disciplines first, but you have to know the disciplines as well, because you need to know what is, what is possible. 
So yeah, what you're saying applies also for the technology. And I, I'm gonna reverse it here. You're talking about the end, like users, right? But if you talk about the businesses, sometimes they would come and say, "I need a new website," right? And that's a challenge to educate them on what is what is it actually? Is it a website that you need? Why do you need a website? And this is where you go back and and try mm-hmm. to sell what you actually do, so they try to understand what is it that they would need eventually. And then it might be, or it might not be a website. It might be something completely different. Is it a communication issue? So yeah. people don't know, then it's maybe a website. Is it uh, unclear what where the benefit of that organization is for user? Then it's maybe a brand issue. Is it um, maybe everything is fine and uh, products and services don't really click with people because they're complicated to use. So that is the question rather I would like to ask and not just, um, well, we don't do websites, but you know, with the network, we could deliver a website because the client is asking for and uh, and just don't care because he asked for it, he pays for it and all is good. So that's not my, my approach because yes, I do want to help people, the user in the end. So it's always a bit uh, like my heart is into making the world a better place through products and services or brands and or experiences, whatnot by kind of sneaking into companies and, you know, finding that balance that helps the user, but also helps the business, of course. But you work with companies as well. So just like you yes. get and like collaborate with others, you you collaborate with companies and they collaborate yeah. with you, right? Yeah. Which is um, interesting because you're into that space now, space, going into spaces and you're interested in cities, right? That's something you mentioned. That's your life. Cities, yes, even more. So nowadays, going back to uh, what I've done with the people for places and spaces, that is highly fascinating. Maybe just a quick note on, on yes, it's it, it's not all this. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm very highly interested in in interactions in the real world, in the in the analog world. So um, that is could be I don't like the term stores or retail, but it could be brand spaces, you know, because there's a whole range of ways uh, the the physical real life experience can play. A beneficial role for your customers and it's not a store you know it could be additional services you get there or it's just about experience the brand or or whatnot so but in general i believe that um you've gotten very fixated on the on the digital these days no wonder because it's new and exciting or was and this was for the past i don't know 15 20 years but those real life touch points they usually in, involve the, the contact with with real people they have far more lasting impact on people on the user than the digital ones so the goal is actually make the smart division between what's highly efficient in the digital world and what is highly experiential for analog touch points. So I believe in a renaissance of the analog, actually. And so spaces are, to me, the accumulation or the, the focus point of all of this. And so for what it is, um, everything that has to deal with spaces in a, say, in a commercial world that is mostly, yes, those retail uh, spots or is... Mm-hmm. Sometimes offices for the workplace is a very interesting activity because it's super systemic, but also say um, where space is the product 
could be hospitality, you know, new, new forms of living, new forms of working, uh, tourist destinations, whatnot. And then um, institutional buildings. So this is where it comes slowly into the more public domain. So a hospital, a library, how does that work? And then we are arrive at, at, at cities, cityscapes, urban environments, because in the end, and that's where, to me, the big division is that everything that's commercial has to, in the end, help a business grow. Let's just put it like that. And like taking that mantra of, of uh, Penny Coombs' uh, quality of life is something that I find more and more intriguing and maybe more and more my, my purpose. Basically using all my knowledge from the past 20 years and helping, um, helping serve citizens, you know, having more quality of life is really is is fascinating but so that is basically my or i think it's, it's my new my new goal my new vision to to go more into that so far it is mostly commercial uh, projects commercial spaces but um i think um yes so i want to you know do more purposeful things at least in parts you know so uh, uh, a great commercial product can be super interesting because there's a budget and it just works differently than uh, than the public domain. But so in the end, maybe having a I don't know part this part that, uh, but revolving around the the real life physical, the analog is something that I I find highly intriguing and nowadays more and more important. Do you use a computer? No, I do use a computer and we have virtual <laughs> spaces there as well. But are so, you are you a social media guy? No, like not so are much. you a books guy? Like what who's who's a Christian in, in that sense? What I guess mean? rather rather books. Um social media is I think that's a whole different topic. I mean you can find a lot of interesting information out there. Um no, it's, you as you me like yourself. You. Yeah, you yeah, I was just saying so social media is is not so much so i'm i'm not so much um, or rather very little posting and sharing my life professionally on linkedin yes reading reading following others following others reading as well yes but it's more like a i don't know it's maybe the internet in itself you know it could be a, an article it, it could be a social media post it could be i don't know uh, a special take some agency has on a topic so it's more like i'm i i i browse stuff and and collect collect ideas uh i travel a lot i there's so much to learn from every from from each and every culture how they approach things it's uh it's amazing so i think i just browse experiences uh whether in in written form on the internet or in real life and and kind of always you know add something from myself to it uh, to to learn from that and and, and, and collect okay. so, so, you're, so you're not like blocking it completely you're just no uh, okay no i write a lot of articles for i've i've I oh, have been um, that are usually on my website or on LinkedIn or in magazines or in books. It's a lot of work actually to do that yeah. because yeah, I, I, I'm not into like, hey, here's a thought and that's it. But I want to, you know, give it depth and thought and, you know, be, live up to my my uh, like scientific <laughs> education yes. here. Yeah. And so it can be easily that uh, writing an article on 
how do you differentiate with customer experience can be a big research project interviewing 10 people from from large businesses and then you know putting this all together and writing and editing and editing and writing and so um my dream is maybe write a book some day but i fear also that it will you know take forever to live up to my standards oh you came to the post- this podcast yes so that's uh, I think <laughs> that's something yes <laughs> it starts with the gut it ends with the gut it's in your gut gut talks this is the end of this episode of this segment with christian batter thanks for listening and watch out for the next one